0: You're listening to the 405 Exchange Podcast. My name is Ken Grandpierre, and this episode is with Muramasa. With only one album under his belt, Muramasa has already left his mark on the music world. He's produced a sterling body of work featuring the talents of Neo, Charlie XCX, ASAP Rocky, Christina and the Queens, Damon Albarn, and so much more. It's the type of concept that sounds so great on paper, and somehow it even sounds better in your actual ears. To find out how all this came to be, I chatted with Muramasa the day after he played to a crowd of 3,000 New Yorkers at Terminal 5. And to be honest, this is definitely one of the best talks we have done yet. You're really going to love this This is the 405 exchange with Muramasa. It doesn't belong in my world.
1: It was only one night, but I wanna wanna go back to where we were. I just wanna go back to where we were. I just wanna go back to where we were. It was only one night.
0: So you've been making songs since a young age and it like that was what I feel like a lot of people talk about your album in regards to that like your age of course and like how long you've been making music but I think what amazed me of hearing your album when it finally came out was in my head I was like there's no way the or the Alex of like years ago would have expected him to make an album like this today like what do you think your younger self would think about this album if you could have heard it the yeah. you like a couple years back um I think
1: he would have thought that um, it's very, very poppy, which it is. Um, but like, I don't know. I just have this weird like love affair with pop music now, where it's kind of like it can be the best, the, the kind of highest art form of music, like to to be able to appeal popularly. Um, but it can also be like the lowest common denominator, so it's yeah. quite a, it's like a two-headed beast. Like, example I like to use is uh Tame Impala currents. It's like, uh, which was blasting last night before you went on stage. Until yeah, off. it's kind of pop music though. It like, is all of it is pop music, yeah. but it's done in such an interesting way. The execution is so good,
0: and they really that you know what's funny about Tame Impala specifically with me It's like they're a band I've always enjoyed. Quite marginally throughout the records, and then when Currents came out, it was like for me, I felt like I find like I got it. Suddenly, it was like one hundred percent. Yeah, because yeah. I felt like yeah, it is more poppy, but it's like they compromise nothing to make mm-hmm. that album. Yeah, I feel like because Lonerism is like it's such a misty album,
1: and it's more of like an atmosphere. Like yeah. the songs are kind of they get lost in like the aesthetic of it, but
0: it's very heady at times. It's like yeah, yeah, you need to be like in the proper mood to just kind of turn mm-hmm. that one on.
1: But Currents is just like clean cut like straight first listen it's like I get it like this is psychedelic it's
0: interesting to hear you say about your album because i do think there's pop elements to it but i feel that aspect about not compromising anything comes through as well like particularly especially with like i mean of course we're going to talk about this throughout the talk but the aspect of collaborators i think many people might see a track listing and think like oh okay obviously there's these collaborators here so it's going to sound like this this and this but what's really pleasure about your album is like i wouldn't expect a song featuring (laughs) rocky or like designer to sound the way it does like that like that's wicked
1: that's, in, that's interesting that you specifically single out like the rappers because I think that's the most difficult, or rappers are some of the most difficult people sometimes to get out of their comfort zone. But sure. it was super like effortless with this because I think, well, obviously all the collaborations come about in different ways. Like Rocky had heard the original instrumental "Lovesick," um, and there was this idea of like putting somebody on on the track to kind of give it new life and i was like well it has to be rihanna kendrick rocky or like i don't know i think i said anderson Pack as well at the time oh, yeah. and i was like if you can't like get me those four people <laughs> i don't care like i don't want to put anyone on it yeah. cuz like it had its own life and it kind of existed as like this underground thing like the people who liked it really liked it yeah. but it never really had its like proper moment i guess
0: yeah um, so I just wanted to improve on it and Rocky-like. When you said that you had, like, that kind of list of uh, potential collaborators and, you know, coming across with Rocky being the proper choice and that, do you feel like what kind of struck you with those people? I mean, of course, their skill set, but what, is it also potentially, like, their innate confidence? Because I feel like that's kind of what it is with all those acts you name. It's like they mm-hmm. have a confidence that is just so much them like it embodies almost everything they do like yeah i think there was a
1: discussion that i was having with like my manager and my label like right at the start of the album making process i just said to them basically like if i tell you that i want somebody to be on a track it's never because of their profile or like what type of look it is yeah it's always just because of their skill and like there's a reason those people are so massively,
0: you know, um, popular. It's yeah. Because they're the most skillful people. On Earth. So like, there's there's a myriad of reasons why people respond rather than just like one particular reason. Exactly, but like with Rocky, obviously he's a massive celebrity
1: and like yeah. just a complete dude. But <laughs> he's also people forget sometimes an amazing rapper. And yeah. Like, I watched him freestyle all of "Love Sick" like in front of me. And I, I was just kind of laughing, not at him, but just sort of like, i would never seen someone do that so effortlessly and like, that was amazing. So to go back to the original point about yeah. collaborators, like yeah, with designer, it's interesting you say, it doesn't sound like a normal designer song because like the original thing that he sent over was, um, he wrote the chorus, like the all around the world thing and then for the rest of the song, he'd just sort of done ad libs, like as if it was some sort of like EDM song where it had like a drop, and then he's like doing Little John ad libs over yeah. it, or designer ad libs. Um, and I was like, I don't know, it was a very careful, like considered conversation between he and I, and I was like, well, what if like we had more of a traditional like song structure? Because that's not something that you do normally. Like chorus first chorus first
0: um, and I kind of had to like coax that out of him a little bit but I think it really works do you feel like once that was brought up it kind of like clicked in his head or do you think like I mean you say coax but I wonder how much convincing he needed in that um no not much at all obviously like
1: he's a smart dude but right. like it was just that initial because obviously like relatively I'm no one. Like it's not like I can be telling
0: people like him. Says the man who just played a venue of two thousand people last night. But of okay. course,
1: yeah. But like I know it should be. I'm just you know a relatively <laughs> relative to a Damon Albarn, relative to Christine and the Queens. Like there's some collaborations on here where obviously like, as a producer, just to do with integrity, I want to like you know keep the creative side, quite specific and like work to a vision but also
0: i don't want to be telling damon abon what should saying and like like the idea of that that. exactly um do you know i was going to bring those two up specifically later on the chat but since you brought it out it's a good time as ever um well specifically the fact that like i i want to latch onto those two because one's a friend and one of them someone i wish was a friend um eloise is someone i love very fucking much and um she is honestly one of the most Creatively tenacious people I think I've ever met in my life, and just like hearing her on that track, man, it's like it's her, but it's a different sh- side of her at the same time. And I wonder when it came to that collaboration with her and like coming across the song, was it important for you that people would get a different side of her than they were used to previously?
1: Yeah, I think that sort of formula fits all the collaborations. It's like I always describe it as meeting someone halfway so like all the songs sound kind of like Muramasa songs yeah but then depending on the collaboration like it's kind of this meeting halfway where it kind of still sounds like designer but you know it isn't it's something fresh for him it's something fresh for me like um but yeah with christine it was really interesting because the only thing that i'd sent her was like this weird looping um string sample I actually played the original version on my Beats 1 show oh yeah you can find it somewhere but it's this weird like 50s film soundtrack just a string sample like repeating basically she wrote the entire second to none song over that like um, and came in with it like ready um, which like confused the hell out of me I was just like what you already did it and she was like yeah so basically I just hit record and she did it all in one take like she didn't even want to split it up into like sections she just did it all and we did that twice and then she put in two more harmony takes so I think I hit record like four times
0: and was it the type of experience where I mean I find I imagine with like being a producer like one of the things that must make it so crucial is that there is the aspect of adding and giving input and the communication aspect but i imagine a big aspect of it as well must be when you know to like pull back and just let the artist kind of breathe what do you think of that experience it's kind of like the aspect yeah
1: of it. it's kind of like it's funny now because we're in this time where the there's an identity crisis in the producer community where it's like am i an artist or am i a background figure or like you know should i be championing this thing should I be the face of it or am I you know it's it's the difference between Rick Rubin and David Guetta it's like which one of those is a producer like where are we with that and like I think that medium is what I was trying to find where it's like there needs to be an identity in these songs that's like uniquely mine but also I need to be um
0: I need to be the canvas for these these artists. Does, is that a conversation that kind of feels, because I mean, of course, it's kind of roundabout in a way where it feels like that's a conversation that's never going to probably be resolved, but do you feel it's one that in some way informs you as an artist as well? I mean, of course, naturally, on how this album came about, but mm. what about past that?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's interesting what's happened with Muramasa particularly, because it's kind of taken this right turn into collaboration and like um it's become like kind of a weird collaborative project like you almost can't think of me without thinking of the collaborators i think that's a really interesting thing that's naturally happened it's not something that i like chose to do
0: yeah
1: but um it'll be interesting to see what happens next because going forward it's like the decision between do I continue collaborating and kind of go hard down that line or do I go back to something like my first mixtape where it's just like you know a beat tape or or something like that so I think yeah the collaboration like currently in this phase of whatever I'm doing is like definitely driving um, a lot of the creative side.
0: Yeah is that okay with you in regards to what you said in the first half of that about like how for a lot of people, they probably can't think of you without thinking of the Aspect Collaborator. Like, Is that something that you're okay with? Um,
1: yeah. I mean, it's not something... It's not like a decision I made, and now I'm like, oh, no, I shouldn't have done that. It's yeah. more like, this is what's naturally evolved out of this project. Like, it made sense for me to collaborate with people just because, like something to
0: lend to the the community I guess. Which is something. a huge thing to find yourself not think of how I want to phrase this. It's one thing to feel that way, but it's another thing to allow yourself to feel and think that. Like there's steps to it. It's like, okay, I feel this, but to actually go about and make music with people that you obviously respect a lot. It's like that's a big thing to underdo to undergo. Like Yeah. I mean Yeah.
1: I'm kind of an emotional mute (laughs) I I can't um, find it hard to express myself sometimes (laughs) like that's what the music's for though yeah but like even just being in a room
0: with Damon Albin like Demon Days was the first album I ever bought that was one of my first records. It wasn't my first, but it was one of my first. I wanted to bring him up because when I said those two, one's a friend and one who I wish was a friend, he's the one I wish was a friend, obviously. He's an interesting man. He is literally, and people who are listening to this now have definitely heard me say this before. I would apologize to you people, but I'm not, because I'm going to come up again, but he is literally my number one hero. And like, <laughs> in terms of music and everything, and like, the way I like to describe it is like, with uh, David Bowie, like when he went, I feel like it was the type of thing that you saw someone like him and it made you realize uh, all the different things a creative person was um, capable of. Mm-hmm. But then again, like when he died, it's like, well, there's never gonna be someone else like him. Like he was that untouchable. And I feel like you could definitely say the same in Damon where there's people who might only be familiar with him with Blur, Gorillas or like, you know, Queen, the good and bad and the Queen and like, you know, like uh, Africa Express, but all of that, Still is a thread of like this guy just doing all these different things.
1: Yeah, it's super interesting how like he just he touches so many different audiences, and yeah, it's interesting when you kind of take a step back and look at his kind of whole um, plethora of work because <laughs> it's like he's just quintessentially like creative, and a lot of his stuff is improvisational and kind of like it really does come from him so
0: yeah all I can say about that is he's just a fucking genius I mean I'm sure loads of people have asked you what the experience was like working with him but I guess what I would like to ask in that vein is more like what do you feel was surprising to you after the experience like when you find yourself looking back on it obviously you've had to do that loads I'm sure Like, and by the way can I just say I mean you said emotional mute but that's one of the most emotional songs on the album, Blue, I mean that song because yeah. I remember, I did see your Beats interview with Julie And I remember how you described that song And I remember just thinking to myself Like, here's this particular emotion I feel many people can relate to In regards to loving someone so much And actually feeling like a sense of ache And not being able to convey that yeah. Yet you rarely hear people saying in such a succinct way <laughs> And I felt like the song really touched on that really nicely
1: It was kind of an accident Like, it was, um was like an improvised lyric i didn't really know what i was talking about um when i sung it um yeah i mean yeah being emotionally kind of inept is interesting because you end up bottling things away and they come out in such unexpected ways sometimes that it can really be interesting from a creative point of view just because you know you forget you forget that you're feeling things sometimes and it comes out and you'll be like, Well, why have I said that? And you really have to like think about it and deconstruct why you're why you're saying things or why you're behaving in a certain way. I think it's like a trait of, of autism. Like both my brothers are autistic and I think yeah. I'm probably on the spectrum somewhere. But it's it makes for a really interesting
0: creative experience, I think. I promise i won't be the poor quote, by the way. What's that? I promise that won't be the pull quote. I think I'm it. probably. <laughs> so I'm on the a, spectrum. <laughs> if this was the sun, it probably would be on there. But don't worry, it's not. Well, it's interesting, because I was... Um, cause,
1: uh, oh, I'm going to forget his name and look like an idiot. Here in my car, Gary Newman.
0: Oh, uh, I love Gary Newman. I was
1: watching an interview with That's him the other day. Oh. Like, and um, he was talking about uh, having autism. And I was like, I had no idea that this man was potentially autistic. And the more the more that you look at it, like... The, the more interesting, like David Byrne, for example, is another one who's like, sort of self-diagnosed um, Asperger's Syndrome, and like, I don't know, I've never
0: been able to relate to another artist as much as, as those guys. Yeah. Like, Do you think the aspect of relating to them is how like, because going back to what you said earlier about like how you're finding yourself thinking about what's coming next, I imagine a lot of that is um, being fueled by the refusal or just the desire not to be pigeonholed and whatever. Not people's perceptions, but your own perceptions of yourself. And I yeah. would say that's a very conduit, like, of those artists, like Gary Newman and David Byrne, like, you, I feel like their work is so different each time because they don't want to find themselves thinking of themselves as doing the same thing, like. Yeah, it's like they're scared to
1: define themselves, like. Completely. Um, yeah, Bjork is another one, like just consistently bucks the trend, but there's this nice thread that runs through her work that it is experimental and, and things like that.
0: I mean, it might be early to say, but do you hope like maybe in like 10 or so years from now, people say that about you? Uh, Maybe not on a Bjork level. Not Bjork <laughs> level, but just like, I mean, would it feel nice for you as an artist that people could say in a couple of years from now, like, wow, all his work was different?
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, the interesting question is does that matter more than people saying all his work is
0: good ah uh, um well wow that's a big one there yeah i mean a lot that, of people would ask themselves that that's a you bring up a very good point though i think
1: as a person i'm quite i like exterior opinion i like hearing things from other people to kind of gather information i like to sort of sit back and see what people think before i make my own mind up which can really shoot you in the foot a lot because it stops you from enjoying things first time a lot of the time you have to sort of hear it's good from someone else or like you know with music or like films and stuff like that i'm kind of scared to check things out in case i waste my time like that sort of thing um so with my own music like i think i need to get back to a place where
0: I'm just listening to it and being like, people need to hear this. This is great. Because um, that's probably, I like. I, I always think like, as a music fan, like, when you're when it comes to you musicians, when you're creating music, that must be the purest feeling. Like when you have that feeling that people need to hear this. Yeah, it's like this is
1: valuable, or like this contributes something. I've not heard something like this before. That's like the. That's the heroin. That's like the the aspiration yeah. for me anyway I
0: have a question that's gonna sound a little bit abstract but I do mean it in like a very direct way like I think one of the things people might say about this album is that not because of the collaborators but partially because of them is that some people might feel like they don't know you as a, mu- a person or a musician when they listen to the album through even though there's songs like Firefly and Blue which to my opinion are very emotional and like so d- many different shades But even for me as someone who enjoyed the album there was definitely aspects where i felt like you were consciously trying not to give too much of yourself away on the record do you think that's fair to say and i think
1: it was unconscious i think it's like it goes back to that like well am i the face of this shit or is it like you know is it something more group based it's like the whole bonnie verd justin vernon thing where it's like it is just you, but yeah. it's not just you. Like, yeah. that that kind of collective versus the individual. Or Tame Impala, like, it's basically Kevin Parker, but like, he considers the other members
0: and the collaborators of Tame Impala to be part of that project. Yeah, um, it's funny you bring that on. We had um, Cam Avery on the show, uh, basis of Tame Impala, and near the tail end of the talk, I was asking about a bit of the dynamics of Tame Impala, and he was telling, he was basically saying, like, how within the confines of Park he very much thinks of himself as the hi- a hired gun, and pretty much he, d- he doesn't see himself as anything exactly. more than that. But I was telling him, like, but Cam, like, I've heard you all these records and seen you live. Like, if they were to get a different basis, it'd be completely different. Like Yeah, that's what's interesting about it. And, like, yeah,
1: Justin uses the same horn players, and, like, you know, he picks very specific instrumentalists and singers and, and things like that. So it's interesting, like, when does the collaborator become part of the identity of the project? Exactly. Or, like, yeah, I think this album is very selfish in that kind of way, in that it kind of uses collaborators as, like, cultural kind of hit points almost, and it, like, it's it kind of scours a lot of different scenes and kind of puts them into the same context, really, like, selfishly i think is the word as as an album like yeah. it kind of forces people like designer and damon Alban into the same weird context but when you say there's a list of people you want to collaborate with that makes it sound like you wrote it all down and then like yeah. checked them off but never works you know? that way like, no it's, it's always
0: like, through conversations i imagine yeah
1: exactly and like there's a there's a bit of music like this string thing with christine it's yeah. like who do i think of when i hear this and like this is just a basic like blank canvas just sent it over, she happened to be in London, we hung out for an hour and a half, and there's a song out of it, like, it's never, like, this big, like, fat A&R process that goes into, like, some of these types of records with lots of collaborations. Do you remember what it was like the first time you heard her music? Uh, Yeah, I remember being, like, re, like, re-inspired, like, that kind of old feeling of like oh like good new music (laughs) like amazing music
0: because it was like what you're saying with um uh pop music in the beginning of this talk because i think what inspires me a lot from her is that it's pop music but it's under her own terms yeah there's almost nothing
1: left field about it but at the same time because of the context of it and like what she injects into it as a personality it becomes this whole abstract like uh, feeling and you just feel like you're engaged in something very like culturally important and just yeah. cool as shit like,
0: yeah. she amazing. is honestly one of my favorite people to be in a room with from like the way I like to describe her to people is that she's very shy and very like contemplating how she thinks but she's also so on her shit yeah she's just so like silly it's kind yeah. of like I don't know but she's it comes so out in Burst. Yeah. yeah it's really funny Like, but you she can doesn't tell be- she's
1: like you know yeah. She's, yeah, shy is the right word.
0: Isn't yeah, it? like I mean, she's contemplative and she thinks about what she's about to say, and like she's funny; it comes out in bursts. But it's like, she is so like like when she's in work mode, she's like like she's oh, yeah, a boss. Yeah. Like, we must be careful, or we may uh, talk about her for the remainder of the. <laughs> we probably will. Um, but I'm sure if anyone's familiar for music, they don't understand why we did that. Um, I can't wait to hear uh, her new stuff. I really can't wait to hear it either. You know, I wanted to ask you, like coming up here today to chat with you, had loads of things I wanted to ask you, but one of the big ones was touring because interesting enough to me, like I'm sure loads of people ask about the collaborations and, you know, like the production aspect of music and everything, but I think a lot of people forget that despite the fact you've been doing this for years, this aspect of touring and the way you have this year is still relatively new to you. It's very different. So like, what's mm-hmm. it been like to tour this album? Um.
1: It's been an interesting challenge, and a colossal
0: headache. <laughs> and I'm laughing just, because for people listening, because well, of course you can't see them. You definitely were like trying to find the proper word there before you said headache. I saw that. Yeah. It
1: a, well, it's it's um it's been a challenge of magnitudes previously unseen. Just <laughs> to like just like so here's what could have happened, is I could have just been a producer and been a DJ and just sort of done DJ sets and that sort of thing. Yeah. I love DJ. Like, It's amazing. It's one of the most powerful like cultural tools right now. Um, but I didn't want to do that, and I play a few instruments, and I was like, I just want it to be a live experience. I want it to be interesting to look at. I want it to be, like, tactile. I want it to
0: kind of have that weird white stripes thing of feeling like it could kind of fall apart like yeah um not to utilize this as a like a comparison i swear honestly but like did was some of that desire because i also know the disclosure guys and i know from talking from them a lot of it was a similar thing especially when they toured the second album album caracol like they incorporated more guitars and actual live bass and drums into it a bit mm-hmm. like have you ever seen them live and was there ever like kind of like a thought on that no and
1: this surprises me a lot people say Disclosure and people say Flume and people say Jack Garrett and I'm always like Flume is the only person I've seen out of those guys and I've looked at his set and yeah. it's completely different from mine no and the other
0: two are completely different I mean I love all three of them and like I think there's definitely a connective thread there but all four of these yeah. are doing completely different stuff I mean, I guess I brought up disclosure specifically in the sense that I feel for a lot of people listening to music, they would automatically say they could just DJ. But when you see them live, they're not. And like,
1: yeah, that's, kind of thought that's true, I guess. But this goes back to this new identity crisis thing <laughs> the <producers that> we're <laughs> facing, where it's like, oh, I want to be a musician, but all I can do is on the computer. So I need to work out a way to like translate that. But, um, oh yeah, going back to the live show about it being the headache, unperceived headache. Yeah, but like, the reason it was such a headache was because I wanted it to be like unique, I wanted it to be tactile and like musical, but it's, like, there's a number of ways in which we tried to do that. And one of the key ways is, uh, it used to be Banzai who toured with me, but now it's this amazing girl who's a total secret called uh, Fliss.
0: She has like, so
1: much sass last night. The energy is unreal and we've been touring for three weeks. That's her after three weeks of tour. That's just like
0: and this is the first time you went on a tour? Uh
1: no, actually we've been doing festivals like all summer and um yeah, we've been like training her up into be amazing. to be a diva front woman. But <laughs> she raps, she does the rocky part, she does the designer part, she sings through the auto through for Designer and Charlie XEX
0: and that sort of thing. She nailed the Charlie bit. I mean, she nailed, like, everything she did last time, but seeing the way she did the Charlie bit, like, there was a moment in my head where I was like, that's not Charlie, but, like, it's, like... Yeah. She destroys, like... And that is such an important element of the live
1: show because it's, like, one, it gives something... Pe- it gives people something to look at other than a lanky white <laughs> boy hitting some drums. And you two... Said it it it, it just encapsulates a lot of that energy on the album which comes from like the vocal performances um and it's so fucking difficult to find people like Fliss but she's she's the one um so there's that element of the live show and yeah and we've recently been working a lot on like the visuals and like the video content
0: and, and things like that but it's been, it's been a ball like as they say it in the UK. <laughs> Has it been a ball Because in the sense that, like, because when I was watching the show last night, I felt like you you were figuring out, but also were, like, quite there in figuring out a happy medium where things were both, like, bolsterous, but not, like, overstated. Like, there was a, Because I feel like what I was watching, that was the thing that you we were trying to hit the medium of, where you want this to be a big, gigantic show, but you don't want it to be so overtly in your face. Like you want mm. there to still be some understated element to it. Yeah. that's fair like,
1: to say? Yeah. I think that's fair. There's like subtlety to it
0: because
1: I don't know, you know, I could stand on a plinth and have synchronized strobe hits when, yeah. I, when I hit the, the floor tom or like, you know, I could do DJ hands all the time and stuff like that. But I'd much rather just stay in the background and kind of piece the music together. And let people figure that out. Like people are smart, you know. Yeah. They they can see that it, it's it's live to an extent. And I think the thing is to figure out what I need to play. any obviously, I can only play
0: like one thing at a time. because yes. Well, props to Jack Garrett, however he does that. <laughs> You came quite close outside though. Like, there was a couple of times where you were, like, drumming about, and I could see just from, like, looking at yeah, your face. Yeah, I'm, like,
1: looking somewhere else. I'm trying yeah. to, like, cue up the next thing in my head.
0: <laughs> so that wasn't... See, that wasn't projection in my head. I felt like I really did notice that.
1: Yeah, I think that's subconscious just from having repeated it so many times and, like, knowing where the fuck's happened. Like, just, like, I need to drop my sticks in a certain place to get to the keyboard in time or, like, mm. that sort of thing. But the thing is, like, picking the most interesting musical element at any one time in a song and performing that so a lot of the times it's the drums because that's like a big element of my music yeah sometimes it's a a keyboard part maybe it's like the steel drum part um but yeah just performing like the most interesting part of the song at that moment um throughout that's kind of the idea
0: yeah you know tell me this i mean i don't even know if anyone's asked you this because i have read like some interviews with you and stuff and i feel like Naturally, there's a lot of stuff people are stuck on, understandably so, so. But I wonder—it's like—is your first time touring the way you have? I brought—I said it before, but a big one I want to know is like, what are some of the places or place that's like really affected you? Because like, for you to be traveling the way you have now, it must be really fucking cool.
1: Yeah, it's cool. I mean, it's interesting. The outside perception of touring is that you go around the world and you get to visit all these places, but really, people who tour know that yeah (laughs) you drive into poland yes you you're bundled out of the van into the venue and you sit in the green room on your phone for two hours
0: or you you're outside the venue waiting for three or four where you're finally allowed in yeah exactly and then um
1: you play the show and then you get on the van and then you leave at 3 a.m and you've been in poland for less than 16 hours um but you definitely have had some experience in some places though definitely and japan is like the biggest one of those because oh, when we went to japan i was like we need like three more days
0: here so we just stayed like um and the name is inspired from yeah japanese. What it? i know it's inspired by japan but it's like a japanese um it's it, uh, it's like a folklore myth type yeah. thing um
1: i kind of regret that recently like, <laughs> i've been thinking about it no, seriously. Breaking like, news, I've been thinking about it and I was like, this is like low key appropriation. Like, oh, but like oh, it's not in a very yeah. you know, serious way. But yeah, yeah. Like, I was thinking about it more recently and I was like, I didn't even think about that. I just took that that piece of like yeah. Japanese folklore and just employed it.
0: Has anyone said that at all?
1: No, not at all. And like I'm sure it's like Quite a non thing, yeah. but I we put it thinking, down the E for that, mate. Like I was just thinking about it. I was just thinking about it recently, and I was like, "Why did I do that?" And I realised it was just like I didn't know any Asian people growing up in in Guernsey. Like, yeah. um, anyway, that's that's a bit of a tangent. Japan was amazing.
0: That's unbelievable. Like, like, was it? I mean, not to hammer on too much about Japan, but like, I, something I've heard from loads of people is like, it's the type of place you go to, I haven't been, I really want to go someday, I've heard it's the type of place you go to and whatever um, ideas or preconceptions or uh, things you've seen online can't prepare you for when you're actually there. Was it kind of like that for you? The thing I say
1: is like, I think I only say this because I kind of went in knowing quite a lot about Japan, but like just from having played Japanese video games or you know just getting a sense of like the language and like the comedy over there and and things like that but when I went there it was exactly every stereotype like every blown out preconceived notion I had about Japan was just like it's actually like this (laughs) it's It's crazy
0: but like I guess amplified yeah
1: well like when it's in front of you it's like quite scary is the wrong word it's exciting I mean
0: yeah I had the best time in Japan I have one more question for you but before we go into that one I did remember because I'm sure there's people listening now they're going like he didn't answer this one bit and I did remember and I was going to bring this up now i uh, no don't <laughs> worry right. it's alright the point of the podcast we can go off tangent it's alright <laughs> when I asked you about Worker of Damon I asked you specifically um, what was something about Worker Him that surprised you and I think we like we went off a tangent there but that's totally fine oh, let me think about that.
1: Yeah. What was something that surprised me? I think being in the room with him in the first place was surprising. It's like, really, like you're bothered keeping up with like what new producers there are around, or like you know, because relative to him, I'm just a twiglet. <laughs> do you have twiglets in the US? It's four we or do five have- a UK publication. It is, yeah. And I'm, oh, okay, yeah, right, I'm, right, I'm originally from there, like, so I'm I no of your twiglets. So like, I can oh, yeah. I can say twiglet. You can. Um, and Marmite and other things.
0: Do they have Marmite in the US? You can find it in like New York and LA, but not pretty much I anywhere. I think you can find it in Austin, but you really have to look okay. for it. Yeah.
1: So to answer your question, Marmite. <laughs> no, uh, <laughs> um,
0: look at us go off tangent again.
1: That was awesome, though. <laughs> I'm just dodging this question because there's some deep secret about Damon, like he's got two heads or something.
0: <laughs> well, something I've 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 been. So he's someone I'm dying to meet just so I could tell him how much he means to me, like, I've never met him, but I've been fortunate enough to meet loads of people who have and have worked with him. And something I've heard from loads of people is that, like, whatever gravitas you would feel of being in a room with him, he swiftly finds a way of separate, like, taking that out and just making it feel like it's two people in a room. He's a disarmament connoisseur.
1: (laughs) He's just like...
0: Good choice of words, though.
1: There's there's, a... There's nothing alarming about him unless you like stare at him and think about who he is, which I did a lot when we were (laughs) together. Um, There's a lot of things that surprised me about working with him. First of all, when we first met up, it was about the Gorillaz album that's just gone by. Humans, yeah. Yeah, um, and he was kind of like because when he works on the Gorilla stuff, again, it's like a super collaborative thing. Yeah. He meets with a lot of people, yeah. has a lot of musical conversations, and tries to kind of feel his way out through other
0: people. There was some mates of mine he met with who didn't make it on the album. It's funny. Just that popped in my head. I've always met this whole year. I've been mean to ask certain people I knew were supposed to be on it who did end up being on it. I was kind of like, I wonder how they feel about yeah. that. Yeah, I think Kate Keanu was supposed to be on it. It was another one. Um, really boy. great guy, Liam. Liam Bailey He's fucking fantastic. Oh, okay. I'll I'll
1: check him out. Yeah, so originally we met up about that, and then it just sort of formed into this back-and-forth thing of, like, musical ideas. Um, And he didn't end up using anything that I did on the Gorillaz album. And, like, when it came out, I totally understood. I was like, this is very much a Damon album, like, produced album. Um, And it would have just sounded silly having my stuff on there. Yeah. But, um, yeah, that kind of evolved into the, the collaboration. But I think just hanging out with him. Yeah, what you said about him being disarming and kind of like, here is one of my musical heroes, if not the musical hero in front of me. And I'm finding it hard to get excited just because he's so,
0: you know. I mean, you brought up Demon Days and like, I wouldn't, I hate comparing, like, and I'm sure you've noticed throughout the, most of this talk like any time there's an element of comparison i do try to just nip it in the bud because i just how else do we contextualize things i think there's lots of different ways i feel like a lot of the times people compare just so they don't have to think deeper into something but the reason i put Hmm. that whole like dichotomy out there is that i i am curious if you would agree that an album like demon days might have inspired all of this of what you're doing now in the context of just seeing that it's possible
1: yeah totally like I didn't enjoy rap music before
0: Demon Days. I've known loads of people who said that. Like I did. And it's not a bad thing to say. I think, like, I think just I just want to kind of jump in this for people who may be listening. I think some people might listen and think like, God, really? But it's like, I think there's a, something about hearing rap music in a different context mm-hmm. that allows you to view it in the context you've seen it normally throughout yeah. your whole life. Like it's yeah or yeah. I think people suffer
1: from that a lot. it's like people don't want to dive in at such a deep, you know, you can't, you can't straight up listen to like the most hardcore punk music. You kind of have to like ease your way into heavier stuff. And like, I think Demon Days is an amazing album for that kind of purpose of like, here's what MF Doom sounds like in a context that you might be able to understand. And it's like, this guy sounds crazy. And then you go and listen to his music and it's like, I love this and that's you know that's a whole world of
0: it's another world you can jump into
1: yeah or like um, on Plastic Beach the the um, is it the Syrian National Orchestra who opened out the whole album it's like what is this yeah with
0: Kano and uh, Bashi I think it is on White Flag
1: that song's unbelievable and then Snoop Dogg straight away next like you know and it's just like I love that mix matching of contexts. it's like I love the idea of like a collage and kind of like, I think it's important now as well to get vaguely political with it. It's just like there's an important conversation happening where it's like, why don't we just plaster these things together? And like, why can't we have a a kind of integrated idea of what it is to be like human? And like, I think that's a really interesting idea. And an album like Demon Days, is just... It's just jumping from from cultural cue point to cue point just like without even thinking about it and it kind of tricks you into, it's kind of hypnotic. Like, Dirty Harry is a, you know, really weird pop song it really is and like that, but
0: it is at its core a pop song that's yeah, the mind yeah yeah exactly
1: it. and before that it's feel good Inc. and that's like della soul and like a weird chorus about a windmill and he's singing on the acoustic guitar and then it's a hip-hop song and then and how
0: crazy is it there's a tune like white light in there and it doesn't break the rhythm of the album whatsoever like that's fit somehow
1: like oh or, or uh fire coming out of the monkey's head oh, like fuck it. I with love that dennis so harper and it's Gosh. like suddenly you're hearing a narrated storybook and it doesn't like it's not like somebody's put it in front of you like check this out, look at how weird this is Uh it's actually you've just heard Dare which is like (laughs) banger of the century and then you're listening to this next Uh thing like oh I wonder what this is and like there's something disarming about that in the same way that Damon is where it's just like here's everything all at once like don't just don't be guarded about any, you know, preconceived notions about these different types of music, because they can all kind of work together.
0: And I feel that goes exactly what you were saying uh, earlier on about like, and where we are now in life and society, it's like, why can we, like, that's important, like, Mm. that just visualizing within a context, even if it's music that should just kind of be juxtaposed in life in general. Because it is communicating, like, music, you're communicating with music, ideas and emotions, and, like, that's really fucking powerful, That.
1: Yeah, I think Demon Days is, like, prescient in that. And, like, it's also, with my album, I felt, because I'd moved to London, it was, like, suddenly I'd gone from this, like, completely isolated, white, conservative upbringing, like, 18 years of that, like, I didn't even really know what the word racism meant. It was just
0: like... It's like you hear about it on TV but not,
1: like, in conversation. Exactly, or you yeah. hear about, you know, multicultural society or whatever, and it's like, that seems like a nice idea, but you're not living in it. And yeah. then you move to London and it's like, this is a fucking, like, pirate port. Like, everybody <laughs> yeah. is here and nobody cares. And it's
0: just like, of course everyone's here. Yeah. Like I love New York. It's home. London's like, my true home, honestly. And, like, the thing I miss about London every day is that, like, there is loads of diversity here in New York, without a shadow of a doubt. It's one of the main reasons I wanted to be here. But there's something about the way of London's diverse where it's, like... I, I joke around when I say this sometimes to people where it's, like, in New York... If you're a racist in New York, you could definitely find a place to be racist at. Like, yeah. a community and just kind of huddle in. But for London, it's so overt and in your face. It's, like, good luck, like. Yeah. I love that about it.
1: There's, a. Uh yeah it's that just London spirit or whatever they call it, where it's just like if you're in London, you're suddenly part of this wider like narrative where it's like we're all banded together against you know whatever
0: would try us. Yeah. <laughs> I have one more question for you. Thanks for taking the time to chat again. I yeah, mean, no for people listening and they don't have a frame of context, he just played at Terminal 5 last night, a crowd of 3,000 people. And uh, to be sat here with you the following morning, <laughs> thank you so much. It's very kind of no, me. No, not at all. Um, I love the four oh five, so yeah, yeah, thanks cheers. for having me. Of course, man. Cheers. Um, this is going to be quite a heady last question, but I think it's a good one for you. I promise. Let's get into it. Let's get into it. Like, Well, it's like, you know, it's like, and let's think about it. This year has been crazy for you. It's been a really crazy year and a good year of that, mm-hmm. but I do know with like musicians, creatives and you know, people who chase after goals in a general context, it could be difficult to find yourself um, keeping yourself in the present, like whether or not you're thinking within the past or thinking about the future, what's coming next. Mm-hmm. So you know, it's a bit of a deep question, but are you finding yourself able to keep your mind in the present? like what's that like? Um.
1: I've uh I've been killing myself um since the album came out basically um over that exact question and it's like especially in in a, an age of streaming where the the awful horrifying data is so clearly in front of you you know like here's the, here's your best song that's what it is it's like here's the most streaming like most popular thing that res- received the most widespread reception like here's the thing people respond to the most here's the fan favorite in the city you just played in like the 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 awful binary surrounds us <laughs> and like that is such a, a weird thing to deal with when you're trying to be artistic in the true sense of the word because it's like yeah it stops you from living in the now and like I think I'm only just managing to get back to that and it's through listening to like people like Bjork and yeah David Byrne again and just like artists who exist solely to create art like in the present and kind of explain something about what's currently happening um and that's been super important for me recently so I think I'm just about to get to a place where I'll make something something present but I get the Peculiar, exciting, and awful feeling that um, what I do next is going to be shocking. <laughs> shocking. Maybe. To some people. I don't know. Maybe I'll have to start a side project and kind of conduct my <laughs> weird... Um, yeah, I've got all sorts of ideas of what to do next. I need to like focus that. That's down. a good
0: excuse to tackle a different name as well.
1: Yeah, exactly. I can get away from my horrible... my um... Mass is a cool name. like. I think it is cool. Yeah. And, like, when I say... It rolls off the tongue, like, really nice. When I say I regret it, I just mean <laughs> sort of, like... Just to clarify, folks, yes. I regret not thinking more about what it meant to, like, use a name from another language. Yeah. Like, that's all I meant.
0: I, I used to try, uh, hang around a bit with Bombay Bicycle Club a lot, and I remember... I don't know if you ever heard the story of how their name came about, but it was, like, they're on their way to, like, a very, like like a nothing gig like a gig where it was just like you know like of no consequence but it was like there he didn't decide the name yet and they drove past a re- like Indian restaurant that had the name oh so, I see so they chose the name and it's like I remember the last time they were in the states like I was talking to like Jack and Jamie and them and they were just like I was like why the fuck like, this is stupid <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: I feel that <laughs> Jack actually I worked with him early like in sessions for the album like I oh, really? really yeah
0: i love his music he's fucking blue that mr Jukes album was fucking great i really liked it yeah i think pitchfork gave it a bad rap oh yeah pitchfork's full of shit in that regard there's no way you could say an album that has fucking um that has fucking like charles bradley and fucking uh bj the chicago kid and fucking uh why can't i think of his name right now it's on massive attack records and that um fuck there's people listening now who are gonna be fucking crucifying me, but fucking like, um. We'll edit it in. We'll edit, edit it. In, yeah. I can't but, believe that. Uh, is a. Yeah. Wow, I can't really. I listen to Mass Attack like every fucking day. Are you a Mass Attack fan?
1: Uh, I'm a huge Tricky fan. I've never. I love Tricky. Like, I've never gotten into Mass Attack weirdly.
0: Even the songs they had were Tricky in the back of the day.
1: That's why it's weird. <laughs> it's it because, really? well, I went from like. I really like post the Bjork album. And I'm like, well, who produced it? Oh, a lot of it was Tricky. Got into Tricky's music never took that next step to getting into massive attack oh you should give
0: blue lines a listen that's it he's on two records he's on blue lines and he's on protection that came after and like blue lines like his bits are fucking like that's me just showing my age (laughs) though it's kind of well wait i know you're young but how old are you like 21 21 all right like i'm 27 so it's like you know the gap's not that terrible
1: yeah but i feel like now it's all about new music and people forget to sort of
0: that's, that's true really. like, yeah. um, but that's what's crazy like the thing about Massive Attack I would say it's a funny way to end the talk but like I mean fuck it they're fucking the weird. funny thing about Massive, massive Attack is, is <laughs> but it's just kind of like one of the things I love listening about listening to them is that it makes me reappreciate newer acts or acts that have come out more contemporary acts because like, you can hear the influence a lot
1: yeah yeah I find that with Radiohead as well and yeah. um yeah a lot of those kind of 90s 90s bands
0: Imagine someone's gonna say about you in the future.
1: Well, we can only hope. I know. This is wood, we cannot <laughs> go on <now>. it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I'll knock on it. My mom said, Thank you for charging me. Thanks for having me. Of course, man. <laughs>